Welcome to this week's sermon from the Willoughby United Methodist Church. Today from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 3, verses 15 through 17 and verses 21 and 22. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now then, now when all the people were baptized... And when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in a bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks. Indeed, thanks be to God. So we're in our, uh, I think this is the last day, no it is, I'm not thinking, I'm it is the last day for this sermon series. I was expecting an amen. So I may pause like that in anticipation for an amen later in the service, just to let you know, give you a little cue there. But anyway, um, I wanted to uh, share with you and come clean that I did not come up with the title for this sermon. It was in a confirmation class that we were having, and one of our students, Ashley, raise your hand if you don't mind. Thank you, dear. Um, The invitation was extended by the teacher of the confirmation class, Paul Turner, for anybody in any one of the students to close out the class in prayer. And so Ashley courageously, fearlessly said, I will do it. And she prayed one of the most beautiful and touching prayers for this for that class and I wanted to celebrate that in that moment the courage it took for her to do that and the beauty of the prayer and so I initiated a conversation about what prayer was like and what she felt like in in sharing that uh, prayer and she said well I got joy bubbles And I just loved that. I said, you know what? I think sometimes in our own prayer life, we we might stumble or or fumble and and harshly articulate what we're praying. But in the midst of all of that, God receives our prayers no, no matter what form they come in. And they bring joy bubbles to his heart. And I thought about that in our service today, the joy bubbles that we get from from serving. Ashley, did I get that story right? Good, thank you. I figured you would correct me if I didn't. But, But I thought the joy bubbles that she's talking about, that she feels when communicating with God, are related to how we feel when we when we serve God. And so That's my confessional moment. I I give her all the credit for for that beautiful sermon title that'll probably go viral. 
on the internet. I'm sure of it. So thank you. So I wanted to piggyback on the joy bubbles of service, and I thought, where can I start with that? You know, there's lots of scripture that talk about serving, but I thought it was probably the best place to start at the baptism of Jesus, because that was the beginning of his earthly ministry. It's the beginning of where he experienced the joy bubbles himself. The significance of his baptism in relationship to the significance of our own baptism. And I wanted to unpack the beauty of, of that moment in time and history by fleshing out what God spoke. So the first thing that God said to Jesus was, you are mine. You are my son. And in our baptism... I hope you know this, that God speaks as you come out of the water or have been touched by the water. You are my son. You are my daughter. You are mine. Isaiah 43 alludes to this. Not not only does it allude to it, it just frankly states it this way. This is what the Lord says. He who created you, he who formed you, do not fear for I have redeemed you I have summoned you. I have called you by name. You are mine. So that's the first lesson that we learn from from that beautiful scenery of Jesus' baptism, that, that in our own baptism, we are God's. We belong to him and nobody else. And the second thing that we learn is that we don't have to live by the lies that we've been fed or the lies that distort our, the reality that we live in. We don't have to believe that we're ashamed or rejected, abused or neglected, needless, used, condemned, or broken. All we need to do is believe this. What God said and spoke, you are my beloved. I love you. That's what he says. I love you. And then finally, we learn that God said this, in whom I am well pleased. Now, if you're pleased about somebody, you're pleased because who they are and what they're doing. And I interpret that as, as I would take it from Jeremiah 29.11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So it's true for each one of us that we, have, that we in our baptism are given a divine purpose, a divine calling, a divine way to serve, a giftedness. And as a pastor and our staff, we're here to figure out what that calling on your life is. And, how, and we're here to help you equip and empower you to live out that calling. Isn't that, isn't that awesome that you guys have a phenomenal team that seeks to do that for you? Amen. Yeah, amen. You're on to me, sister. So I say that to remember these things. Who you are. You're God's. Know that you're loved. And know that God has a plan and purpose for your life, a calling, a giftedness. 
with that, we can get into the serving, the joy of serving and experiencing the joy bubbles. I'd like to refer to a story about a lady who, who, thought, who thought she had it together and had it all figured out. She was, she was getting ready to go on a, a mission trip abroad to Jamaica. It was the first time that she had ever decided to go on a mission trip. And, and she was kind of bragging, um, well, not bragging, but very enthusiastic about, about going and, and how, how blessed she was for the ability to do so. In fact, she was expressing her gratitude about uh, that the Lord was allowing her to use the abundance of her material blessings and her spiritual maturity to bring hope to, and I quote, those poor people in Jamaica in their ramshackle ramshackle houses. She thanked God for the opportunity to help them see Jesus. But when she returned and shared her experience before the congregation, her story morphed into something, well, a little different, a little more beautiful. She said this, and I quote, I was so blessed by the people who allowed us to come into their homes and into their lives. I thought I knew what it was to have faith, but seeing that community that we casually judge by our own selfish standards as having nothing, seeing the joy that they shared and their commitment to helping one another, well, quite honestly, I have a new a whole new appreciation for what it means to love Jesus, end quote. Truth be told, all too often, we receive way more of God's blessing when we're serving than those who are serving. I mean, don't get me wrong. The people we serve are blessed, but if you've ever served in any capacity where, you, where you've thought, I'm going to go make a difference, like, at some point, like reality sets in and thinks, oh my gosh, I was just blessed by these people that I'm serving. You know what I'm saying? It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I just think of Ashley taking the courage to pray in front of her class. She may never fully understand and realize the beauty of that moment for me as a pastor, right? Here, we're supposed to get them ready to say yes to Jesus. And, and I'm thinking, she's helping me to say yes to a deeper commitment to Jesus Christ. Amen? So there's something, there's something about serving that creates those joy bubbles in us as we serve others. And I would like to think, I would, I would like to think that, that there's evidence in, in, in serving. I wonder, as I flip through these slides, if you can spot the, uh, the joy bubbles of serving. Now, now first couple slides, I kind of help you out, uh, but I think you'll be able to navigate through these. Right? You see it? There it is, right? How about, how about there? Yeah, right? You with me? How about there? Hey, there too, right? It's okay to smile and laugh and say amen. 
It's catching on. She's not here today. It's contagious, isn't it? I think this was, this was taken right before the choir went out and uh, went caroling. Is that, is that correct? Just say yes. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and, and that particular Sunday, we, we, had, we had done a uh, uh, stuffed animal teddy bear toss, and then we prayed over them. If you were here, you remember that. And we also had uh, s- probably two dozen prayer shahs that we p- prayed over. And after the service, uh, shortly after the service, somebody came up to me and, and asked for one of those prayer shahs. And I, and I went looking, and, and they were all gone. And for two weeks, we were looking all over for those prayer shahs. And you know what happened? The choir took them to the nursing homes, yes, and handed them out. Like, we had to make new ones. And, and I, know, I know that brought joy bubbles to the, to the knitters, right, Michelle? Amen. Live nativity. Can you spot the joy bubbles? Do I have to point them out anymore? Like these are all images off of our Facebook, so I, didn't, I wouldn't get in trouble with permission. So they've already been publicized. I wonder, can you see the joy bubbles up in the right, right-hand corner? She's, she's going to come up here and talk in a minute. So that, those right there are the joy bubbles of somebody that has been served. And I think the joy bubbles go both ways, do they not? The joy bubbles are, are, well, they're like this. As we begin our calling of serving, serving others, Scripture says, Blessed are those who delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on his law day and night. They're like a tree planted by streams of living water which yields much fruit in its season and whose leaf doesn't wither. Whatever they do, prosper. They prosper. Don't you want to be like that tree next to the, planted next to the living water, bearing as much fruit as you can in its season? That's what it means to serve and to have the joy bubbles while doing so. I wanted to invite three people to come forward and kind of share how they have experienced the joy bubbles in their serving. So Chris, Chris, and Lisa, come on up because I don't have a, a good joke to make while you're making your way up, so you've got to come up fast. Where's Chris Black? Yep, come on up. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to prompt them a little bit, because I believe, uh, I truly believe that it's better, always better to hear from a satisfied customer than it is a paid professional, right? I'm just, I'm just saying, think about it. Think about yeah, thank you. It's the only true amen I get. So think about that for a minute, and and I'll I'll prompt the question. The question is, so who's going to go first? What's on second? I'll go first. Okay, you go first. So Chris, I noticed we we prompted well, you scripted this a little bit, but but she's gonna she's gonna go with it. But I noticed I, even in the picture I pointed it out. Um, like you had an amazing amount of joy bubbles oozing out of you during the live nativity scene. And I want to know what that was all about. 
Oh, well, the beginning of my story is, I don't know about the rest of you, but sometimes I can be a reluctant servant. Yes? Yeah. Like, yeah, dragging that, my feet? That probably got a lot of amens. Yeah. So. <laughs> the live nativity. All right, we've been doing it for more than 20 years, and I've helped out probably more than 15 times, right? So I'm wondering, does it even make a difference? Should we even be doing this? Do I have to do it again? And so... I'm tired. I'm worried that it's not going to come together. I'm worried there's not going to be people there. You know, my job is to get everyone dressed. Are, are there going to be enough people to get dressed? Are they going to go out there? All these new staff, they don't know what to do. They, they don't know what they're supposed to be doing. We, we have, have new animals. We have new, we have, oh, I was worried. I was tired. And then I get a text from my adult daughter who has helped with the live nativity um, almost as many times as I have. And it brought back those joy bubbles because she said to me, hey, Mom, have a great night tonight. Have fun. And remember, and here are the words. Here are the words that she repeated to me that I say to every child as I get them dressed. Remember, Mom, you might be the only true Christmas story that someone hears tonight. Right? Right? So that is what it was all about. And I needed that reassurance and that validation. Can I keep going? Absolutely. <laughs> so, so then you think all this planning and all this effort, you know, like, okay, we have to have this meeting and we have to do this and we have to make sure that everything is in place. Um, but how much more powerful that something can be when we invite God to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And we did that with Alive Nativity and we prayed. We prayed that, um, that we would be a presence in the community do you even believe that we should be there on tree lighting day? Mm. Church? Yes? yes. Is there a place mm. for the holy Christmas story right alongside Santa Claus? Mm. With an audience of in the thousands, right? The, the, city, the city looks forward to that. And I do believe that there's a place. But then, I, then like worry creeps in. Are there going to be enough people? Are they going to get dressed? Are they going to follow my directions? Are they, you know, what's going to happen? So the Baker family volunteered to be a part of the um, live nativity. And so I was excited about that. And then I was nervous about that. Because Cade was going to be part of the Christmas story. I love Cade. I understand Cade. Cade has autism. People don't always understand him. People look at him and say, There's something different about that kid. He's not quiet when we want him to be quiet. He doesn't always stay where we want him to stay. He may have more joy bubbles than we do. Oh, my goodness. Mm. He showed up. Cade, what do you want to be? You want to be a shepherd? You know, he's a a seven-year-old boy. Of course he wants. I want to be an angel, Mrs. Knotts. I want to be an angel, Miss Chris. All right, Cade, you're going to be an angel. Beaming, ear to ear, Right? But then I'm nervous when he goes out there. All that stimulation, all those people looking at him. How's he going to react? All those animals and the hay and the and the pe- Is he going to be all right? Is it going to be safe for him? Is he is you know is he going to have a melt? Is it going to be okay? And then I wonder about the people who are looking at him. Are they going to see him with the same love that I see him? Are are, are they going to judge him because he's a little bit different? Oh, my goodness, he stood out there. Do we have that picture? You should show that picture. He stood out there. He, his mama was, the, was Mary and Lance was Joseph and baby Jude was baby Jesus. 
Owen was the shepherd and there is Cade the angel. Mm-hmm. What you cannot see is that Cade hopped and jumped the entire time he was out there. He was full of joy. And the people got it. He was telling the story. He was telling the story so much better than I could have ever planned. Because God was in it. Amen. It's like, um, who can stop the Lord Almighty? Then we just sing right. that. Yeah. Right? So I believe that God uses all of us in unexpected ways, that we all have gifts that we would never choose. And it's so much bigger than anything that we could plan, anything that we could meet about, anything that we could put together. Because he makes us, because no matter who you are, you have a purpose. Right? Whether that's putting little headdresses on children so that they can go out and be Mary and Joseph and the shepherds, or whether you're that angel, or whether you're the choir, all, all works together. So, is serving work? Sure. But is it hard? No. Does it bring joy to the servant? Absolutely. And hopefully, we can spread the message in spite of ourselves in so many more ways. And I was reassured through that text that my message is getting through. People do hear me. We are telling the real Christmas story, right? Amen. And then Cade being that unexpected angel full of joy. Thank you. So you know what I would add? (laughs) Not a thing. (laughs) Yes. You have to follow that, Lisa. Oh, Chris, my dear friend. Wow. So I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can feel I'll extend shoes. the same question to you. How, do you. how have you recently experienced the joy bubbles of serving? I want to tell you how God reminded me of something uh, that I had forgotten, that I probably knew, but I had forgotten. And it all started when Melissa Cork, who is our children's education director, our children's ministries director, really, called me and said, Lisa how would you like to volunteer in the toddler room? There were no joy bubbles right then. That, here's what happened then. Oh, inside my head, oh, the toddler room. For those of you that know me, my children are grown. They're 27 and 25, and they haven't been toddlers in a long time. And, um, so, but I wanted to support Melissa, and if you folks have not met her and worked with her, you need to, you need to make a point to meet her because she's wonderful. I see I didn't know you were out there, Melissa. Mm-hmm. So I, didn't, I wanted to support Melissa, so I said yes. And I will tell you, it was a reluctant yes, but I said yes. So the day, I won't call it the dreaded day, but the day came. And I walked into the toddler room, and I had not been in there as a servant for a long time. I had to get the whole nuts and bolts. How do they sign in? Where's the snack? What do, okay. So two little blonde cuties showed up, two little boys. I want to tell you something. We had fun we had fun. There was a lot of vacuuming going on. If you need any tips on Play-Doh, come to me. I, I've perfected my Play-Doh play. We had an hour and a half of just fun, and I felt so light. I felt so... I did feel joy bubbles. I, I wouldn't have called it that. That's a perfect way to describe it. So what God reminded me was... Uh, don't get too comfortable in those serving zones where you feel great. You know, I do a lot of adult ministry here. I love it. I feel comfortable there. I do liturgist. I feel comfortable up here talking. I, and as, as much as I work professionally with toddlers, I wasn't, um, I hadn't played with toddlers 
for an hour and a half for a long time. And God reminded me, just like we've heard, that you think you're going in to be a blessing to someone, and what ends up is they're a blessing to you. And those children brought me joy and reminded me of how much I loved spending time with them. Amen. You know what, Ed? Not a thing. (laughs) All right, Chris, you're up. I pose the same question. Where recently have you experienced the joy bubbles of serving? Uh, Well, recently I sang Christmas songs with Jason, wherever Jason is, um, at the room above Fiona's, and I was invited to sing old-fashioned Christmas songs. Mm. And so, of course, included in there was a lot of gospel songs. But um, I know for a lot of people, singing in front of others is uncomfortable, so I don't know how many can relate to that, so I'll talk about something else. Um, You know, the Bible says don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. So I don't want to get too detailed, but sometimes it's nice to just help someone pay for their uh, Christmas presents around that time or, or uh, food or, you know, essentials. And uh, what I've noticed is, you know, I recently went to Walmart and helped somebody out in one of those ways. And um, she just asked, can I give you a hug? And I think uh, just the love, it was genuine love that was between us two and um the joy there for me it's like a reset button to serve Mm. um and i think the devil always tries to make it a little bit uncomfortable at first and you want to avoid it but then i think once you break through and do it it's incredibly rewarding and it's a reset button to start over so it's very joyful and anyone is capable of it you don't have to have a special talent or special ability and um it's very fulfilling amen I wouldn't add a thing to that either. Thank you. So I told you, I, I, I warned you that it's better to hear from a satisfied customer than a paid professional because they articulated in their own way what I've been trying to articulate in a sermon. And they did it way better than I could, right? It's their story and their hope and their way of experiencing the joy bubbles of serving. So thank you. Thank you all three. Because, like, if I had a mic, I would drop it, but then the sound guys would yell at me. So you did an awesome job. So our hope here for today is this. To commit to the following. As we experience God, we commit ourselves to strengthening the integrity of this church. And we do so by lovingly pursuing important personal relationships with other members of the body of Christ here at Willoughby United Methodist Church as found in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. We do this by refusing to participate in gossip or other negative con- conversations as found in Ephesians 4.29. We do this by actively encouraging and participating in small groups. Now, Lisa, I thought for sure they'd get an amen from you. All right, thank you. Um, That's found in Acts 2, verse 42 and 46. And we do this by living a godly life in response to God's grace, as found in Micah 6, 8 and 1 John 2, 6. And as we exalt God, we will share in the joyful responsibilities of our church by doing the following 
by attending worship faithfully with a heart ready for sincere worship, and found in Hebrews 10.25, by being open-minded in worship and more committed to the spirit of truth than to comfort and tradition, as found in John 4.23, and by warmly welcoming those who visit. I can tell you, time and time again, I have heard from visitors what a welcoming place this is. So I think we've got a really good start on that. And that comes from Romans 15.7. And we can do this by praying for this church's faithfulness and growth as found in 1 Samuel 12.23 and, and 1 Thessalonians... Thessalonians the, you got it, it's up there on the screen. And as we extend God to others which is what we're called to do. We will serve Christ in the world through the ministries of this church by discovering our individual gifts and talents, 1 Peter 4.10, and being equipped to serve others, Ephesians 4. By seeking to have and, and live out a servant's heart, Philippians 2.3-7, and by, regularly, by giving regularly to God through the church, Leviticus 27.30 and 1 Corinthians 16.2 and by inviting those without a church I can't stress this enough by inviting those without a church to attend worship with us found in Luke 14.23 the bottom line is this when we are baptized we are baptized into a covenant agreement an agreement to join Jesus in ministry which includes a life of service. And here's what a life of service looks like. A life of service includes supporting the ministries of the local church with our time, our talents, our energy, and resources. It's becoming a part of something greater than ourselves. It includes a lifestyle of investing the very best of ourselves into others. Let me repeat that. It includes a lifestyle of investing the very best of ourselves into the life of others. And we want you to experience, to succeed in experiencing the joy bubbles of service. Sometimes we've dropped the ball, I'll admit, where you've filled out a card saying you want to be a part of a movement and somehow it got lost in the shovel or we got busy and didn't return your call. And you felt, oh, well, they must not need me. Or, or maybe, maybe you've shown up to serve and it was overcrowded and you heard, well, we don't need you tonight. We're working on changing that. We're working on, on making a place for you in every setting to be able to serve. We want you to give us a chance. We want you to take this opportunity as we sing our closing song to fill out the insert, to indicate to us where you would like to serve. And we promise that we will get, to, get it to the right ministry leaders and we will, we will be in touch with you before the week's out. So have courage, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Have faith. Step out. Serve and experience the joy bubbles of serving for yourself. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to today's sermon, and please accept our invitation to join us in worship at the Willoughby United Methodist Church in downtown Willoughby. Our Sunday worship times are at 8 o'clock and 10.30 a.m., with fellowship and Sunday school classes between services. We welcome your presence and look forward to meeting you. Have a wonderful week. Background music has been provided by Ben Sound.